This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them to get out of debt today at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. What's the most published and most read book in history, containing more than 2,300 references to money and worth more than its weight in gold? I am Rob West. I think you already know the answer. It's the Bible, of course. All wisdom is found within its pages, and some verses about earning money may surprise you. We'll do some exploring today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, what does the Bible say about earning? Let's start in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace to you was a common greeting among Jews in the first century A.D., and it's repeated often throughout the New Testament. Jesus means that true peace comes from knowing that we're reconciled with God through faith in Him. But what, you ask, does it have to do with earning a living? Well, perhaps the most common fear we have in this world is not having enough money. To overcome that fear, Jesus tells us that by focusing on God, everything we need will be added to us. You see, when we rely on our own power to provide, the world becomes a scary place. So we have to be reminded constantly that God owns everything, that He is our provider, not just of wealth, but even our skills and abilities to acquire it. Deuteronomy 8.18 reads, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. A covenant is a promise, and God always keeps His promises. Of course, we have to do our part. Proverbs 12.11 tells us, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. And in Proverbs 14.23, we read, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. We also read in Proverbs 12:24, the hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Those verses are pretty straightforward, but sometimes people are confused by Ecclesiastes 5:3, which has a similar message. It reads, for a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. A common interpretation is that when we're diligent about our business during the day, we'll have peaceful dreams at night. But idle talk accomplishes nothing. So we must work heartily wherever God calls us, and He'll provide the rest. Believing that leads to contentment. Of course, we're to use our brains as well as our hands when we work, so we should plan carefully in all we set out to do, whether that's earning, saving, or giving. In Luke 14, Jesus tells us to consider carefully the cost of discipleship, but it's a message we can apply to all areas of life, including how we manage our money. 
Jesus says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And of course, as witnesses for Christ, we must be totally honest in all that we do. Psalm 37 tells us, Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Now, in Luke 6, 8, and 9, we find a passage that seems to contradict that and sometimes confuses people. There, Jesus tells us, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Is Jesus telling us to acquire wealth dishonestly? Absolutely not. He's saying that worldly people are great at using their money for worldly pursuits, and that believers should use their earnings effectively to advance God's kingdom, such as caring for the poor. Our purpose on earth is to honor God in all that we do, and that includes earning money and our giving. If you're afraid to give more, well, consider Malachi 3.10. It reads, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. We'll be right back. Forty-five thousand. That's how many times Faith and Finance referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfi.com and clicking on the Find a CKA button on the homepage. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Well, we're so glad to have you back with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, and we're looking forward to taking your calls and questions. As I've been saying all week, the name has changed, but the number is the same, 800-525-7000. Let's head to Indianapolis, Indiana first. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for your patience. How can I help you? Okay. uh, I'm 63 and a half. I was planning on retiring at 65, but due to health reasons, I have to retire like right now. Um, I have about $125,000 liquid. I have another $30,000 in some stock. And uh, my wife is still working a full-time job. She takes care of our insurance because I was uh, self-employed for the last 22 years. My question is, what should I invest that cash in? Um, 
And should I take Social Security next year? Uh, Very good. Jeff, when you look at your budget, uh, given your wife's income and given that you'll be retiring um, and you project what your expenses will look like when you get to that point, uh, is there a shortfall? No. No, our house is paid off. Our our vehicles are paid off. Even though they have 200,000 miles on them, they're running great. Um, I don't plan on getting any into any debt anytime at all. Okay, so basically what I'm hearing is you all can live on your wife's income alone. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, So given that you don't need that Social Security, I would wait. Uh, because you're going to take, uh, you know, somewhere between a 25 and 30 percent reduction that's permanent on that benefit if you go ahead and start collecting it now. And if you don't need the money, there's a good case for letting that grow until uh, at least full retirement age, if not beyond that. Uh, number one. Uh, number two, in terms of these investable assets, uh, given that you don't need them to generate an income, you have the ability to let this money grow. Um, and keep in mind that, you know, even at age 63, if the Lord tarries and you're in good health, you know, you could need this money to last for three decades or more. Um, so, you know, there's a, still a long time horizon on this money, even though you're entering this retirement season of your life. And so you don't want to take unnecessary risk. You want it to be invested appropriately with your based on your age and risk tolerance. But I could see where you could, you know, easily put half of this money in stocks and the other half in fixed income. You could get even a little more aggressive than that or more conservative. That would ultimately be up to you. But I think, you know, that somewhere between uh, 40 and 50 percent in in stocks would probably be a good starting point. Uh, How do you pick those investments? Well, I think you've got a couple of options. Number one, you could uh, connect with an investment advisor and delegate that responsibility to someone who understands you and I would say who also understands the Council of Scripture, but is a professional investment advisor with a track record and uh, somebody who can deploy an investment strategy on your behalf. I think, you know, with with roughly 150,000 investable assets, um, you know, that would be enough for you to hire an advisor to make those decisions for you. Another approach, if you wanted to be more hands-on and kind of do this yourself, would be uh, to connect with our friends at soundmindinvesting.org. The Sound Mind Investing newsletter would give you a myriad of wonderful, high-quality mutual fund options. You could find a strategy that picks for uh, that fits you, and um, you know they would uh, through the newsletter, you know, tell you when to change out any of those funds based on the strategy you've selected. Uh, hopefully, that's helpful to you, my friend. We appreciate your call today, and if we can help you with anything else in the future, uh, let us know. On to Jupiter, Florida. Hi, Kathy. How can I assist you? My spouse has a 401k through his work with a 6% match. He's contributing at least that much to it. Um, I have a 457 with no match. Um, and between the two of us, we're not maxed out on our contributions. Um, I also have a health savings account that my employer contributes to. Um, my question is, aside from what investment options are available to us, is it preferable to contribute any overage we might want to, to either the 401k or the health savings account or some combination of that. 
Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it really is going to come down to some retirement planning, Kathy, to determine what your ultimate savings goal is based on how much you're trying to accumulate to be able to, uh, at least in part, fund your lifestyle in retirement and then putting a plan together to save toward that. I like both the 457, the 401k and the health savings account options. The 457 and 401k are virtually the same question is just the difference in the investments underlying them. Given that you're already maximizing the full 6%, which you absolutely want to do, the question is how much more to put into each of them uh, so that you can reach your goal. Oftentimes, you'd want to put away you know, 10 to 15% of your pay across the board so you can reach your goals, but that's not a substitute for some real financial planning and retirement planning where you kind of know what your goal is, you compare that to where you're at today, and we'll uh, determine whether you're on track, ahead, or behind of what you ultimately need to accumulate. The health savings account can be a great option as well because it allows you to save taxes on the funds that you're spending on um, health-related expenses now. And if you can fully fund it uh, each year, then you know that would potentially give you more money that could grow over time and be invested um, that such that you could pull that out in retirement. And there's real tax advantages to pulling that out, both for health-related expenses and at some point, even non-health-related expenses. So hopefully that helps you, uh, Kathy, but uh, I think you all are certainly headed in the right direction uh, with the current things that you described today. We appreciate your call. Uh, on to Lake Alfred, Florida, Kendall. How can I help you, sir? Hey, how you doing? Um, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, just a a quick comment. Um, I, right now, I have over. I'm getting ready to retire. I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I have over a million dollars um, acquired. And it was a time where, about 30 years ago, where I didn't think I could tithe, and God convicted me. And when He did, I was a Bible study one night, and I just went into the finance office and said, "I'm gonna be tithing from now on," and I did. Wow. And and He increased. Um, and I haven't missed a tithe payment in, in 30 years, me or, me or my mm -hmm. wife. Wow. Um, so, um, and, and I just give, want to give him the glory about yeah. the money. So it, it's, it's not me boasting. It's just, yes, just the blessings of God and obedience. Um, and, and what I do is I have over a million dollars and I'm getting ready to retire. Um, and there are two different parts. Um, one is in the 401k, which is about 65% of it. And the other 35 is in the pension. Um, I can do one of two things. Um, I can either take a lump sum on my pension or I can roll that over into a, an IRA. Um, and, of course, I can roll a 401k over into a, an IRA. Now, the, the 401k, I, I've made a lot of money on the stock market investing in the company that I worked for. But now that I'm, I'm getting ready to retire, I'm not so keen on putting my money in a place where it's such a volatile an area such yeah. as the stock market. Yeah. Now, if I take the lump sum um, and I, I, I give myself the payments that I want on a monthly basis, that money that money will run out at probably age seventy eight. But if I leave it in there and let them pay me payments for the same amount that I I want to live off of, it would keep me for the duration of my life. 
then it will pay my wife even if I pass. Uh, I like the idea of you uh, taking the monthly payout if it's equal to what you need to cover your expenses because that gives you peace of mind to know that at least your bills are paid. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't want you to keep that highly concentrated in your company's stock. And because you've accumulated quite a bit, it's time to diversify even more through mutual funds and even probably some fixed income. We're going to take a short break when we come back with more of your financial questions right here on Faith and Finance. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The credit union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. And here's the website chministries.org. C-A-C-H-Ministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. That's our new name. I'm Rob West, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you today. Whatever's on your mind, financially speaking, we'll run your financial situation or question through the lens of biblical truth and try to give you practical advice to help you move forward with confidence as you seek to be found faithful in managing God's money. You can get in on the conversation today by calling 800 800- Five two five seven thousand. That's eight hundred five two five seven thousand. We'll head back to the phones now and talk with Ellen, who's calling from Athens, Tennessee. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for being on the program. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, my husband and I are recently retired, sixty-five year old. We are living on pension and some retirement savings, and we're ready to replace our fifteen-year-old vehicle with a newly used vehicle. My question is, should we take a lump sum out of our retirement savings and pay cash, or should we get a loan for the used vehicle or a little of both? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So the pension, uh, is that um, being sent to you every month uh, as as a check, or is that just continuing to grow, that portion of your retirement? No, we are getting the pension monthly. Okay. All right. But you have the option at any point to take a lump sum withdrawal from that? Well, we're not our pension. We're thinking we would do that from our uh, retirement savings. So tell me about that other retirement uh, account that you have. Uh, TD Ameritrade, and we have some annuities. Okay. So where were you thinking you'd pull this money from? The TD Ameritrade retirement account? Yes. Or another option, we're getting so much a month from there. Uh, We have financial advisors and we could increase that amount to whatever we want to. That would be another option. 
I see. So you live on a spending plan. You've got a pretty closely followed budget, but there's not a lot of margin I'm hearing so that if you added a monthly payment for a car loan, that perhaps would stretch you just based on what you're pulling from the pension and, and the other accounts currently. Is that right? Yes, but we could pull a larger amount monthly from our retirement. Yeah. I see. Okay. Uh, Very good. Yeah, I'm liking that idea of perhaps you all uh, taking out a a small loan. Um, You know, I'd love for you to put uh, at least 20% down on it. Um, If you had that saved up without impacting too much your emergency fund and you could do that out of savings, that would be ideal. But if you need to take a larger amount initially, Uh, from the investments, I would do that. And then perhaps you bump up your monthly withdrawal equal to the payment so that you have enough to cover that. Uh, And that way you're not adding all of that as taxable income in this year and you can spread that out over time. Hopefully some of the appreciation in that portfolio would offset uh, some of that. And, you know, I think the only other question is, and I assume you've done some of this planning, is, you know, with the amount you're pulling from the IRA, especially if you were to bump it up, um, is that, you know, too much in the sense that, you know, you're, you're going to begin eating into some of the principal, um, or do your advisors feel like, you know, you can sustain this level of withdrawal based on how it's invested? Have they weighed in on that? We are still living, um, below our interest. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it does. What, what is the approximate? Principal. Yes. Sure. What, what's the value of the IRA currently? Uh, we have about $1.4 million. Okay. And what are you pulling out of that monthly? 5000 Okay. Yeah. So you, you're not pulling a whole lot there in terms of what you ultimately, I mean, 4% on that would be 56000 a year. So you're pulling a little bit more than that. But, um, you know, I would imagine they should be able to make that up. So uh, I think given what you've got, you could go either direction, um, you know, either go ahead and put, uh, you know, half of it down or just pay for the whole thing. How much are you all looking to spend on this new car purchase? We're looking at about a (laughs) three-year-old. And they're expensive now. We're looking at around maybe seventy, seventy-five thousand. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, I think I would, now that I've got all the details, here's what I would do. I would either pay for it over two tax years. So pull half of it, uh, now, and then get a loan for the rest, pay it off next year, or, uh, put somewhere between 20 and 50% down and then just bump up what you're pulling monthly from the IRA to cover that smaller, you know, that increase uh, with the monthly payment. I could go either direction, whichever you all feel most comfortable with. Does okay. that make sense? Okay. Yes, yeah, those are wonderful options. Thank you okay. so very much for your time. You're very, you're very you. welcome, Ellen. Lord bless you, and thank you for calling today. Let's head to uh, Cumberland County, Tennessee. Uh, David, how can we assist you? Um, I, I found in my uh, record in my dad's Bible where he'd bought 14 defense savings bonds between May of 42 and May of 1945. And I've got the numbers on each of them and I don't have the amount. 
and the bonds are not there, so I don't know whether he ever redeemed them or whether they've been lost or or how to. Is there any way I can check on that? Yes, um, I would go to uh, treasurydirect.gov. That's treasurydirect.gov. This is uh, the the federal government's website uh, for uh, bond issues. And, you know, all the information you could want would be there, including the ability to put in the QCIP number and find out um, uh, what the current status of these is, uh, these are. And you could, um, you know, also read up on next steps if you needed to inquire directly. Uh, So I would check that out, David, uh, treasurydirect.gov. And I think uh, at that point, uh, you'll get the information. If you have other questions along the way, uh, don't hesitate to give us a call back. And we appreciate you checking in with us. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and web designers and media producers working each day to produce tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.